Did everybody have a chance to go over this yet, or is this not out there yet? It's not out there yet. It was just kind of within the group. Let me uh, post it up real quick. Huh, they call it first-person vision. I've always thought it is first-person view. Yeah, it seems like I the FAA that... changed up a few things. This operation word, I guess, is interchangeable with, like, piloting or flying or, you know, some other words that we could use to disseminate it better. Okay. Yes, uh, you're talking about first-person vision aircraft operation? Exactly. Like, we need a more, okay. like, you know... I don't know if we're talking to if we're talking to third graders version of it, you know, title. I'm sure. I was just trying to reflect what the FAA used, and a lot of this actually comes from 107. No, that's perfect because that's what we Con wanted to pluck out, right? That's what we were all talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we should just go through this. We should, uh, Cujo, are you editing this already? Or are you taking this and transposing it? Uh, I plan on it. Um, I wanted to kind of cover it first, but um, I'm in the document right now, so I can make edits on the fly or, or drop uh, notes in there. So first scan of it, like I want to take us a step back or two and look at it like, uh, do we have all the terms that people are going to ask about, right? That's the major question. First of all, like what, what terms are people like, what, if, if, a if, a, let me excuse the phrase, a noob goes into a forum and he sees a bunch of acronyms, what are the first few that he's going to want to know, like what they mean? Oh, there's going to be a ton more than this. I, I've been doing 14-hour days for almost a week that ended uh, yesterday. Oh my <laughs> so I'm gosh. just now getting on this. Uh, no, no, it's, it's just the way the work schedule piled up, and then I've got a few days off. So I think so a couple this, of things uh, that we, we, you know, I mean, even beyond just these, I mean, do we want to define, you know, even at a more basic level, like, you know, ESC, FC, you know, do we need to define all that or, you know, do we let, you know, the community kind of take care of that and just focus on the terms? The, you're talking about the required terms for like the safety guidelines. So the question would be, uh, you, you'd have to go through the safety guidelines and see what objects are called out there. Okay. So make, let me pull that up real sure quick. They're all in this. 
But if you, so this is a simple diagram. So if you can imagine a triangle on a whiteboard, I'll draw it for you. And on the top of the, like, I'm just going to draw a line through the triangle, right? And on the top, like, it's very narrow what I could describe or put into the glossary. But at the bottom is the real wide example, VTX, you know, remote TX. Like, right, stuff. right. You like you walk up to the door, put the key in the door, turn the door knob, <laughs> like, right? But at the top of the triangle is like the first person view, the OS, you know, like some of these more high level, but you have OSD listed here, right? So that's more of a bottom level. So what what you're saying is where do we draw the line, right? So like if we want to define that, I would say in this particular glossary of terms we would want to be like near near the bottom just because the you know the education level of our of our constituents is across the board okay so, so a couple of people there 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 could honestly be people coming to us that are seriously interested in regulations and want to do the right thing but they don't know what a vtx means right Right. So like, that's not a bad idea to include it. I mean, I think, but, but, but you're talking about multiple levels all in the same glossary probably. Here's a, now this one, yeah, this one I did, I was doing for the commercial side and started to expand it for recreational. And there's way more in this secondary UAS glossary than what we need for our purposes here. But a lot of these terms are already there, so we can just cut and paste. I think that's an old link. Are you sure? Wait, hold on. Let me open that. That's a doc. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this goes into aerial mapping, um, photography. It goes into everything. So uh, you know so... what you want to do is probably have like an elite recreational guy go through this and yes. wipe it of anything yeah. that is not needed versus things that are needed. So I think there's a couple of good things in this this uh, larger one, um, for sure. Totally. Like. Um, like accelerometer or ADSC, which is you know the proposed um, you know tracking method or or you know what's the word I'm looking for here um, for for our drones, you know at this point. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so there's, there's a there's lot a... more more to include. There's also things to include though from the hobbyist perspective, yep. from AMA perspective of like was an airfoil or like all this other basic stuff that like goes all the way back 80 years right kind of like with with this stuff plucked out i would say a combination so a couple of things you know i've got the uh or i had the um safety guidelines pulled up but there's a couple of other ones in there um like the uh let's see dang it i just had it up WOT, WDR, VTOL. I mean, these are all like things that probably should be included. 
So a couple of the ones uh, from the safety guidelines would be like NOTAM, uh, NOTAMs, um, TFRs, um, RF. Um, let's see. So then what do these spider webs, so like we go look these up though in the, in, in the greater, like, so you look up some of those and you may need definitions of other things to define those. It looks like we have it all here, though. We just need a lot of work and just parsing it out, combining it, and then it, there's a lot of information here. <laughs> yeah, there is. Holy yeah, shit. And, <laughs> well, I've been working on it for quite a while. Yeah, um, and I've got time to do that probably tomorrow, just cut and paste over. Yeah, that's what we would end up doing. We'd identify useful ones out of this that are useful to us. So, so what I'll do is cut and paste the useful segments of that onto the working doc that I started, and then Cujo can use whatever he wants just by plucking off of what I whatever I come up with. Now, do you yeah. guys want to do our initial FAQ and safety guidelines language like very dry and technical, or do we want to reflect the constituency at all, even at like the root level? I mean, for I me personally, for me personally, I, I would go with you know the 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 FAQ. I th I think that should really be as as cut and dry as we possibly can um i mean we can change it up and and give it some flair but you know it should just be a simple question answer you know what happens when i do this or can i do this or kind of like we have it already just straight into the point so that it's easily read easily understood you know um but i think with other things that we do whether it be um even the glossary, we can take a little bit of, you know, uh, license well, with. Speaking about language, I guess I really, right. when we're talking about a glossary, we really are talking about defining the language. And so if, if we want to speak to our constituents, should we not use the language they understand? Yeah, we can definitely do that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess my big question is right now with the glossary, do we agree with everything that's here? Do we need to modify, you know, any of these? Do we feel like it's not descriptive enough or do we feel like it needs enhancing in any way? I think it's a range, right? If you take, if you take like beyond visual line of sight as the top item, right? This is a concept. This is a very high level description of something. And then mm -hmm. you scroll down to item four, you're talking OSD, on-screen display. You're very, very specific technical item, right? So we have mm -hmm. a good range already represented. I would use those two items as like a limit and try to stay within bounds of those for now. Like okay. if, you, if you stray from that, then it's going to get really complex. 
but uh, that's already and, and and granted that's a broad range right you're talking about mm-hmm. a concept versus a specific technical item that's that's already like a lot of freedom of of um, scope right? mm-hmm. i think that would cover it i think if we start going out of bounds of that then we're starting to get a little heady you know or too technical Okay, so um, I know you had sparked off a Facebook kind of, uh, you know, question on, you know, how to define FPV. Now, what you took from that, and I read through most of it, but what you took from that, do we want to define first-person FPV as something beyond, you know, just the basic here? I think that the the first or the second item here that's listed um fpv defined as use of an onboard camera to navigate an aircraft um the the word navigate then really comes into question right that needs to be better defined or in their language so then that's my first question right what does that mean what does it mean to navigate something does that mean i can sense and avoid other dynamic objects or only static objects does that mean that you know what does that mean right legally and so on and so forth or within a competency test uh per uh, um like possibly obviously this is going to be like not autonomous right this the capability may or may not be the sole means of navigation i don't think we need to include that because as recreational fpv pilots we're not necessarily mm, focused on or considering robots <laughs> we're, we're not robots right would it be wrong to change the word navigate into pilot pilot is a good term too but it also rubs all the you know the full-scale pilots wrong they all think ah oh, look at the uas guys thinking they're pilots when we are right we're sharing the airspace so it's a little overzealous it's bold i mean it's something to consider i mean do we want to be bold i think it's the appropriate term I thought they were considered operators. It depends on who you are, you know. If you can crash into a bunch of people on an airplane, are are you a pilot? (laughs) Yeah, and the the FAA in a lot of cases state, uh, for example, here's proposed that the operator of a small U.S. must be capable of maintaining visual line of sight. So it's, they're calling it operator. Now, I'm only referring to 107 here because that, that's what I've got in front of me. And what do so operators primarily do? I mean, we could throw in operate an aircraft, right? So, nah, I don't know. Does it sound good? They're using it as operator of the controls. And they even state it to that extent in some references. Let me see what they've got in section 349 for us i'm with you on the navigator too you know i mean i remember the 1980s i love it but like i guess operator of controls would be more of a pilot yeah in some cases it's pilot slash operator i'm trying to remember where i picked that one up that's not a bad idea either if we want our definition to encompass the line of sight spot who could be considered an operator at the time. So then some variations of the law could define two operators of the aircraft, one being, you know, licensed and one not or whatnot. Right. 
Yeah, I see it there. For that's the that's the legal definition, right? The highlight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I just don't see the word navigate falling on our community very well. It's not well, going to be defined very well with them already. Yeah, I don't. I I would tend to agree with that. I mean, I, I with the exception of maybe long range flyers, you know, I mean. There's not a whole lot okay. or, or with the exception, maybe even commercial flyers, you know, but as far as recreational pilots, I mean, the best you could probably hope for is navigating a racetrack. I mean, but I mean, as far as the, <laughs> I mean, as far yeah, as no, that, that's you, making sense. That's making sense. Um, most of us, uh, from their perspective, like what does that word bring to mind? Uh, what will it define for them? How will it steer them? I mean, navigating I think... uncharted territory. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, well, the biggest. I, I mean, the biggest navigator. Where yeah, he has I know all the controls, and he jumps in, and he's in the most powerful aircraft ever, and that's like what we do. It's awesome, but like, maybe that's not the best thing we should. Pretend. I mean, the biggest term that I can think of, and it, it's kind of overhyped, but at the same time, I mean, you're. It's almost like flow. I don't know if that's airflow or whatever, but I mean, I I know as a, a a freestyle pilot, you know, it's just finding the flow. So, but what does that really mean to anything? You know, um, I don't know that navigation is the right term, but what is the right term? Uh, operate an aircraft or use of an onboard camera to orient the aircraft or assist in control of the aircraft. I kind of have to say that we fly them because the difference between us and any GPS operator, guider, or whatever is that we actually fly them. We're not actually using navigation. Right. We're steering, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. What about engage in flight of the aircraft? Driver. Driver is a word because driver <laughs> implies that they're, the thing would crash without them. All right. Um, so beyond yeah. visual line of I sight, like I mean, okay. Okay. Flight works. Let's see. Um, what about beyond visual line of sight? Let's kind of break that one down. Okay. So, I mean, we've got a, a very high level definition really, There's here. no wiggle room on it. It's been defined through three major actions that I've been witness to throughout okay. time. And it really hasn't changed other than that. It's only gained like some clarification. It hasn't really changed on overall premise it hasn't changed from like you know can physically see it make out anything control it none of that okay so then we should leave it i mean if they want to define it then we should hold them to that definition we should we should draw lines around it know exactly where it lies define everything outside i think the FAA's reasoning for that is to just maintain visual line of sight is because they don't want to get into specific distances or exactly right and i do know they allow confuse it 
go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say they do allow I mean, the FAA and their definition Z, even for line of sight, the, they allow the, it, you can lose that visual line of sight briefly if you're looking down at, say, a screen or as you go behind an object. Oh, so, so they call out the, the, we were talking about that last week. That's really interesting. Well, I saw that in, uh, I think it was uh, under the spotter definition. And it, it, I think I just read that. It specifies that it's understood that you will not maintain a 100% visual line of sight, that there are times that you will lose that. Correct. But you always know where it is. Subjectivity on it. Yeah, yeah he's got Page this at the bottom of the glossary. Yeah. And it goes even further, beginning on page 131 of that part 107 document. But what's, yeah, what's interesting about this definition of beyond visual line of sight is it says nothing about retainment of control of the aircraft, right? It is not correct. It is not. It is not a subject to that. So that's yeah, okay. That's because that's perfectly fine. One of their primary concerns is aircraft avoidance, avoidance of other aircraft. That's why they were keeping the visual line of sight terminology, as far as just the definition, as simplistic as possible. So it could be used so it's in a, multiple ways. Yes. Got it. So Understood. if you want to define other parameters, you can put it under the operation. Well, it makes sense because not everybody is operating their aircraft from the same perspective. Right. So then we get to the operation part, though, which is where we clearly cut out what we're talking about, which is good. Well, I guess we should do should should. OK, so FPV first person vision. Is this something that is going to be required? Where is this called out in any safety guide? Okay. I guess I'm questioning the validity of its existence. Ah, okay. Uh, I'll have that for you in a moment. I bet you do. <laughs> it exists for something, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just curious well, why, because that's here we go. important. This is the FAA Reorganization Act annotated. Well, it doesn't matter which one it is, but it on that document on page 283, mid-page, it formalizes a spotter. It says aircraft is flown within the visual line of sight of the person operating the aircraft or a visual observer co-located in direct communication with the operator. So what you're doing is defining an object here that is shared between the pilot and the visual observer. Well, no, it states or. So if the pilot or operator is flying line of sight, you don't need the, the visual observer. But once you put the goggles on, you do. That, Got it. But, they, no, but what, what you're saying is like one of those two people has to have. But why are we defining first person view vision? Just to say that, oh, just as as uh, as an alternative to Linus. 
let's see. I th I think I just threw that one in there because it was brought up um, last week as far as we needed a explanation of it. But I think you were looking for more of an artistic view of it well, uh, for marketing. The operation and, kind of does that, but let's leave this just in case it's needed for other things. Okay, so at this point, do not define first-person vision or FPV here. Well, it's it it kind of is in the fact that we've covered it in operation, but I'm just thinking about oh, yeah. the mechanics of the law, like what which which part of the regulations requires the mechanics of us to define the vision itself, and I think I kind of see it in the fact that the spotter provides it, an alternative to it, or an it's it it. The, it, that's what you could do basically you could use the spotter as somebody who provides everything but that yes okay okay so yeah so we can leave that one out since it's not exactly a it's possible FAA legal term i would leave it in until we know like 100 percent sure we don't okay You might need you might need a um a spotter's definition. Well, you or never mind. We'll get to that. I haven't got. To. Yeah, I just made the reference C V O. All right, so let's do this aircraft operation one because that's the one I'm really interested. In. Okay. So, like Cujo, do you understand this? Would you be able to transpose it? Yeah, I mean, I've got a good read on it. It's not that difficult at all. Um, and we can get it into layman's terms pretty easily. It's not that big of a deal. Are we drawing too many commas here? Like too many items in one sentence that should be pulled out into bullet points? This, um, this, I, this I, whole I, definition should be bullet points after I've got well, one, five, four so you're talking about attitude, location, relative altitude, Correct. and direction of flight. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, we, we probably need to pull those out and maybe break them down a little further, but um, we can easily do that. That's not, I mean, as, as part of more build on the glossary um, so that everybody understands what that means. What I'm saying is, though, is like first-person vision aircraft operation. It's almost like I need a list of, mm, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of co comments co or concepts coming at the new guy all of it all at one time. Yeah, right. Yeah. What do you guys say about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, that's what I view it as. It's a, it's like five comments or whatever, three at least. Okay. I mean, I think some of it is, is you know, we can change some of that. Is you know, like attitude is direction, location. I mean, that's pretty simple. Altitude is height. You know, uh, we can break that down into easy, easily understood terms. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um as opposed to sticking with aviation specific terms. Um, that way it's easier to understand. Is that where you're kind of coming from? I like it. Okay. 
and and also the title of this um item i mean what would we this is sort of up in the air because we are inventing this right so first person view flight you know as opposed to aircraft operation um or you know you might want to throw the word remote in this 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 uh term in its title remote first person view operation because we need to be we need to be sort of specific in the grander scheme of things We can't have no parachutist come along and take it and say, oh, I'm a first-person aircraft operator. Hey, hey, be careful now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it makes sense, though, because it'd be remote first-person aircraft pilot fail all right so remote first person we want to let's see we change this to remote first person view aircraft operation. Um, if this is becoming an acronym, we need less words. What do you mean becoming an acronym? If this becomes a common acronym within our mechanics, then we need to have less words. Okay. So it's less letters. I mean, so like we would say remote first person view flying remote person view operation i mean i don't know if we need to have the whole just as concise as possible we need some sort of object to define this so that we people know what we're talking about i mean this was like this was one of those items where we queried the community and they all said this they all said this This is the biggest one that they're interested in. So I think that we'll be using it a lot. So, I mean, the simplest is, you know, remote first person view flight. I mean, there you go. I mean, there you go. You're flying a B-52 laden with bombs in World War II into a target or you're flying a drone, target drone, or you're doing an FPV or you're doing this. Yeah, there you go. It's everything. Like or even abbreviated to FPV. Once we get FPV uh, defined and it becomes a common term, perhaps in this glossary, we can just switch it to FPV later on. And absolutely, I mean, we can use remote in the definition as opposed to the actual term itself. Yes. Um. Well, hey, there you go. You just, dude, you just said it. You just said all the shit that should float from this item right up to the item right above. No, the glossary term right above it. First person view. FPV. Remote control of 
You know, you, we haven't defined that entire, we could take a bunch and put it up. Ah, yes. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Consolidation. All right, that looks a little bit better. Yeah, and even drop the second sentence. There you go. Perhaps. Now we're talking. Actually, you know what? Let me do this. I do a strike through on here. Actually, let's just okay. do this. <clears throat> All right, so that's a win there. I like that. Me so too. what's his blue engage in flight of what does navigate mean pilot change okay using an onboard camera to navigate the aircraft the pilot or operator is able to determine the unmanned aircraft's altitude direction which could be all kinds of shit oh my god whoa what a can of worms <laughs> location relative altitude, height and direction of flight redundant whoa man You're getting into azimuth and elevation over here. <laughs> so I think, I mean, on-screen display, I think we can bring that a little simpler. Um, I think overlays flight information onto your video feed. Fantastic. It allows you to monitor your UAV status in real time while flying. Um, and use, uh, use examples because those so items I yeah, and that's where I was about to go to is you know we could say similar to a full scale full scale aircraft HUD you know I mean and just it allows you to view your oh, telemetry yeah. in real time while flying FPV. Don't even bother with depending on sensors installed and just wipe all that out and say, for example, RSSI light modes, GPS, so on. In real time. Yeah, if, if you even want to describe what type of telemetry you're looking for. Yeah, I like cleaning it up. That looks good. Yeah, well, we're going to end up defining telemetry. That's just the way it is. Well, I mean, okay. that's a that's a definite, you know, term that everybody is using. So, Let's see. So I'm going to wipe all that out real quick. Depending and uh, Where's my... Oh, it was hidden under... Let's see my... Yeah. Oh, wow. This thing has a chat on it. You can chat on the document even. Wow. <laughs> simple mm -hmm. i like simple that's good that's simple and short and concise is gonna work all right um one of the changes i made and i did it after we were kind of done talking about it was back up on the fpv um i said use of an onboard live video camera system to remotely control an aircraft because it's not just a camera um it is yeah. an entire system um thoughts it's more no, descriptive it's i like it the ground the ground station yeah that's it's all that's what we do. okay 
Okay. All right. So, um, spotter, we're probably going to need to define that a whole heck of a lot more. Let's so see. what is the, I don't even want to No, Just don't even in, in this case. Um, I don't want to consider anything that's come before. I think that the definition of a spotter from an FPV pilot's perspective should come from an FPV pilot's perspective. So whatever's been written on this subject, just forget it. Like just okay. wipe your brain and then come at it from, I, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of people out there who fly FPV or solo forever and they don't have any friends and they've never flown with anybody. But there's also a lot of people who have flown with small groups, large groups, medium groups, whatever. And so they may have a lot of experience on this. This is something we want to crowdsource the community and ask them what are and i think we did that a little bit i asked for some like funny stories and stuff and there's, there's yeah. kind of a theme right they're useful they are useful but how are they useful what do we want them primarily for what do we use them for like not i don't want to define the spotter as something i, I don't want to define a spotter as something that's a nice to have or a wish this is something that I want to define as reality. Like, what are they? Because I mean, they use them, and many people do. And what do we? What do we rely on them for? I mean, me personally. I mean, I I don't fly in large groups. If I fly, it's usually me and like one friend or two friends. Um, but the general gist of what we do is, you know, number one keep a lookout for people entering the area. I mean, that's my biggest thing because I, I fly a lot of parks. I mean, I live in the middle of Phoenix, so Arizona. So, so stuff on the so ground. We have, so we have two lines, right? There's things on the ground and things in the air, right? Off right, right. So Did you guys that's take true. a look at Visual Observer? To, to me, if I can interject, to me, it's the safety of persons, property, or aircraft. Yep. That's, it's true. No, that's yep. entirely true. There you go. It's all of the above for everybody there. Say that again for me. The safety of persons, property, and aircraft. Boom. I mean, and, someone and to my... make sure you pushed the um, play button on the GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah. sometimes it's necessary. Not really. Um, <laughs> this but... is where the solo pilots ask anybody coming over who says, "What are you doing?" Hey, you're my spotter. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Hey, it looks like training. you're concerned for the safety of the person's property and aircraft in the area. Would you like to be my spotter? <laughs> yeah, there you go. My my wife was spotting for me one time, and uh, somebody had a a vicious dog, and she said, "Don't land. Your 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 quad's going to be toast." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I mean, that that's the ultimate of it. I mean, for the most part, it's like, hey, watch my gear while I do this. It's almost like a watch my beer kind of moment. But um... my worst moments are when my antenna is pointed 
my well i usually fly diversity so mm. i have one directional and one omni and i've always got my directional pointed where i think i'm going to fly and then i end up getting out there and like having a whole lot of fun and going the other way so i'm like <laughs> hey james like grab my antenna bro and point it the other way because i'm not i'm not i'm flying here right so like spotters have turned out for me to be like ground engineers at times, right. plugging something in I kicked or changing out a battery on my ground station or doing all of these other things that keep the aircraft in the air are so important. Like it's not just like watching the aircraft. It's all the other things. I, I think you had said uh, lookout in the past and that that's pretty appropriate. No, that, that there you go. They're like your hootie who lookout. They're like, hey, there's a dog, there's a person, there's a, a bike mm -hmm. crossing your flight path, there's a whatever. Most of the time, the last thing I want my spotter to be doing is watching my aircraft fly around. Because I'll say to them, dude, I know where it is. I'm flying it. Shut up. Could you worry about all the other shit that's like, I can't see, right? I mean, one of the big, I, I think, lookout, making it known what's happening in the immediate vicinity of the operation. I mean, or the flight or whatever we want to call that. Well, yeah. Aircraft we, operating area. Finding, Excellent. Finding the airspace that we operate within is not a bad idea. We, I don't know what kind of terms we use for it, fly spots, or if we want to get more technical and talk about, you know, our bubbles or our operations, but we should talk about that. Maybe have that defined because our, like our FPV operations are somewhat defined. When we talk about um, like short range FPV versus medium range FPV versus long range FPV. And I talk about that with like my crew of like eight, 12 guys. They know exactly what I'm talking about, like sort of in subjective distances or penetration. So like maybe we should define mm -hmm. those things too. So people know. Like if I'm talking, you know, short range FPV, I'm talking like, you know, an FPV or an, an AMA airfield. If I'm talking medium range, I might be talking double that, right, in, in distance. But then long range um, could be anywhere from, you know, two miles to, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but people go much farther. But, like, they, they reach the limit of visual um, line of sight. So there's three definitive, like, um, bubbles of operation that we sort of, you know, kind of go within that we talk about regularly. I kind of operate in the um, short and medium range personally. Yeah, I think most most FPV flights, you know, live in that area. It's, you know, a, a special select few that are really going to the long range. I mean, the furthest I've flown is probably a mile. But uh, you know what's interesting about FPV range is as it's more defined by our limitations of RF environment. Than yeah, absolutely. Not, than visual. So our safety margin is dependent upon the safety margin provided by the RF equipment that we're using. Mm -hmm. So if we want to retain operations, you know, at these different ranges. Like we need to kind of be bold about stating that. Like it's not important that we see the aircraft. It's important that our our RF does. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Maybe and we I mean, do we could do that somewhere in the de uh, definitions of the ranges? We could be kind of bold. And I mean, I mean, without going into like crossfire territory or anything like that. I mean, most of our our range of our RF equipment is dictated by visual line of sight. I mean, you go behind a patch of trees, you're gonna you know get some static in your goggles, uh, if not lose connection depending on what you're flying and the density of of what you're doing but mm -hmm. um you know but even that's not even, what people are doing they're flying they're flying we're flying 433 we're flying 900 we're flying one third 1.3 we're flying 2.4 we're flying 5.8 we're flying 2.3 we're flying um there's dude believe me i know and I'm and I'm gonna be honest about it all. Right. We fly far. I mean, yeah. I was just I was just out the other day with guys and we were flying, you know, they they'll fly ten miles easy, like in a breath, right? With precision and with safety in mind and with you know, all the airspace, you know, called the towers, everything, right? These guys know what they're doing, but there's a whole nother level. So they it really should be defined. Because the RF limitations at each one of these levels is like what you're saying, right? It's you're completely saying, different, hey, yeah. The short and the medium range guys, they really are limited to line of sight. The long range guys, they're not. No. Right? But they're but they're using a whole they're they're in a different definition, right? And right. we can write that out and we can and we can, you know, figure that out. Okay. So then quick question. When when we talk about line of sight. Are we or visual line of sight? Does that uh does that include like say flying in a an abandoned building where you physically can't necessarily see it? You can hear it, you know, so to speak. Um, but you know, if it wasn't for the obstruction, it would clearly be within line of sight. Visual. I would have to go all the way back. So so this is why the invention of the first person view flight right. object is important. Because that kind of transcends or circumvents all of those other English words you may use. But what he's doing is using an onboard live video camera to navigate the aircraft. Pilot or operator is determined the, un the unmanned aircraft's altitude, location, relative altitude, and direction of flight. Right? He's retained that ability of control, even though he's lost visual line of sight. So what yeah. we kind of propose to say is that that's more important that the pilot has retained that uh, yeah, dominance absolutely. control over over a spotter having visual line of sight. So so in oh, if you're right, you're right. there's nuance in there, right? So like yep. later down the line when you write the narrative around this glossary, you can definitely include that fact. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. All right, good. There you go. So so this what we hope to gain from this glossary is the objects or the language that recreational FPV pilots want to use. Yep. And that's and you just awesome. defined it for me, man. You just you just said something that like we want to say, right? So is it safe for me to fly in that window over there of the abandoned building and down the staircase and out another building? Yeah, it is mm -hmm. because I have retained first person view flight of that aircraft the entire time. Yes, and and to carry that further, once you enter the building, you're no longer in the national airspace, and the FAA has no control over you. Oh, whatever oh. you legal <laughs> yeah. lawyers are gonna hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
but that's true. As well. That's shoot. true. That's true. Yeah. But you know, when you get into well, the sticking point, is it really safe? Um, let's use common sense. He has to retain control of that aircraft throughout that operation, or else it's not a safe operation. Right. Especially if there's and you're still responsible. Yeah, and you're yes. Mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah, so we probably don't want to bring up abandoned buildings because that's a trespass issue. So then start talking about you know the <laughs> it's a different forested, issue. Hey, hey, it's forested areas. We're only talking yeah, it's out of scope. Right, right. So like forested areas like where the canopy is is impeding your visual. No, yeah. we're assuming you took off down the road. That's what we're doing. It's all there. We right. go. That's it. Okay, <laughs> out of scope. I like it. We can always draw out a scope. That's easy because we have a very narrow mandate. Okay. So what goes next to on-screen display? It, I want, I, instead of digging into the weeds on each one of these items, I really want to have a more good, uh, a better idea of the cross-section of items that will be next to it. Does that make sense? Like, I think this list needs to mature in in breadth before it gets into the details i would agree because there's certain on a, a side note on that topic is there's certain levels of assisted site you know meaning gyro um satellite so on and so forth and i don't know we want to go into that level of detail right now we can drag it all in and these guys will i mean well i'll wake up tomorrow and they'll have it all in there but like they the um where do we want to draw the line like do i want do we want to describe the, the, the microchips on the eyes of the cameras or do we want to talk no, about i'm talking about like gyro assisted versus accelerometer assisted versus gps assisted that kind of thing that is not a bad idea so you're talking about imu versus gps guidance yeah and then uh, because they've mentioned it numerous times in the regs, the um, avoidance, then you got to start talking about cameras specifically for, uh, you know, object avoidance. But we don't really, I don't know, I, to me, that would be out of scope. But definitely the level of assisted flight electronically, I think, is is something we could at least get into a little bit. That's that is good. Well, we have no mention of it at all. We we all assume that we fly the aircraft via manual method, or in fixed wing we fly via manual method as well. But there's lots of gray area. There's like probably thirty or forty percent of our populations that use stabilization of some kind or you know return to home and these kinds of things well right and that all does add to the safety but if, the if, I, if i went out there right now and i tried to combine the communities of whatever it's called on facebook the dgi official user group right of phantoms which has like fifty thousand users right if i tried to combine that with the manual fpv guys who are a much smaller number Oh, that's and, I, and really then took a poll about what these definitions are, they would be highly skewed. Yep, absolutely. So, but so, do we want the data? Like, where where do we want the data from on this? Well, personally, I think we should just keep it to the FPV community. There you go. 
So if we just ask the FPV community, then we could say gyros, accelerometers, GPS is an autonomous flight is completely out of scope because they all seek actual immersion in the flight experiences. Right. So, so we are only simply defining these things as to call them out as what we don't do. Well, they do, I guess it would be part of the beyond visual line of sight, potentially. I don't know. So yeah. we, should define, we should define them as objects so that if we refer to them and call them out later, then they're at least. So if you're using a flight controller at all, you're being assisted in some way or another. Right. Which exactly. comes out of our def definition of first person view flight. Yes. Yeah, then it's probably best to just leave that out of scope for now then. So yeah, what the the point of the first person view flight item, which is number three, is to is to omit those items, like specifically, I think. But if you we need to call them out as well, that you know, so that we know what people are, so that so that everybody, the, the audience of this document realizes what we are admitting from first person view flight, then that's a great idea. Well, well, I mean, the, 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 I mean, personally, I think it's two different things. It's completely separate. So, yeah, I, think so I mean, too. one, you have a, a control method, which would be your gyros, your accelerometers and whatnot. But uh, the other one is the the difference between, you know, how you're flying the craft, whether you're using your Mark one eyeball or if you're using a camera system. I mean, it's just a, it's it's not it's two separate things. It's technology. So you for know, our purposes, though, you only see two things. We don't have to identify all the things. I, I kind of agree because when you look at like FPV wing, in most cases, you do not have like a flight controller. So, um, yeah, yeah. And I, that's just kind of a separate, like you were saying before, methodology of operation. I consider, I consider multi-rotor flight even with a fly controller in manual mode, I consider that aerodynamic flight. Yeah. And only for this reason, because I've done it and it's hard as shit. And that <laughs> the guys who do it, they're, they're actually like flowing in the air, right? right they're right. using the air. They're not, they're not using anything else. The, the controller is only a coordination of their input. It's not necessarily right. a coordination of the gravity in the air itself like a fly controller would normally. I mean, it's just if only in manual. <laughs> I mean, I fly freestyle moly rotors all day long, but I, I think you're just the difference between using a flight controller and not using a flight controller has no bearing on how you are actually viewing the flight of the craft. And yeah, that's a I full agree. stop right there. You know, I think, you know, if we want to define those things later on, fantastic. But it has absolutely no bearing on FPV or line of sight. Yeah, I agree. I kind of just went off on a tangent and then realized that was a tangent. And that's all right. I mean, it's something we can define, but it's, it's something that's irrelevant to that specific, you know, topic, I think. <clears throat> Should we still include topics like GPS accelerometer in Absolutely. the Absolutely. I mean, I, okay. 
I, I think we should because, I mean, for one, I use a, a GPS to calculate speed. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I've got a 200-mile-an-hour yeah. multi-rotor that you can't tell how fast it's flying without a GPS data, you know, on a black box download. Oh, right, right. So. And the terms will be popping up, so a newbie will be curious as to what it is. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's it's going to be something that's that's going to be – you know, in the future, it's going to be in the regulations, you know, they're going to require some method of communication or tracking or anything like that. And, you know, GPS is going to be one of those big things, those big terms that, that pop out, I think. Right. Okay. So along, along with this glossary, we're getting into a lot of elementary type terms, excuse the term, but should we not employ like some of the community that have already written out guides and, you know, FPV, you know, how to do's and, and glossaries already. Like they have all this stuff, right? We can just go out there and copy and paste it from their websites. <laughs> That's called plagiarism. And we can't do that. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I say that we just go and they, they hear us now. And I mean, there's people out there. I think, I, I think I saw like uh steel even had a, like FPV Bible thing on his website. Oh, the ethics website. Yep. There's, there's, there's so many of them out there. I mean, just to give one example, but let's get these guys to contribute to us and throw their content for the coalition and, and get it included or at least polished up or repurposed for our uses so that it goes in here and, and spreads the word. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, perhaps motivate them to get involved as well. I'm just trying to think, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Cause there's probably a lot of people listening going, Hey, I already did that. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, let us have your stuff. Let's use it. All right. Then we don't have to dive into this whole, you know, what's an OSD. We could just get up to the more important stuff that we want to define for our safety. Yeah, I think I, I think personally for this, I think we need to just stick to the legislative stuff, and you know, either we can create or somebody can create, you know, the the basics, you know, the basics guide. Contribute, please. Contribute right. Items. Yeah. So. Okay. Gotcha. You know, let's let's focus on those things that that impact the ability to fly as far as regulations and, and kind of, you know, draw the scope line there, you know, that's our line in the sand. That's what we're going to focus on. Um, because if you don't do these things or you're doing these things incorrectly, that's going to inhibit your flight or open yourself up to litigation or, you know, any of the bad words that we don't want to hear. Well, I think we've got it here. You've got the, you've got the main items. I mean, this is a good straw man because you've captured the, the two major items that we needed called out, but like we need to, we need to work on them now, polish them. And then the rest of the stuff, mm -hmm. let's just get it pasted in. Um, five zero seven can get something started on the website to, to make this more presentable. Um, next to the safety guidelines. So, so a couple of terms that I think need to be on here. Um, would be, you know, uh, the NOTAM, notices to airmen, and the temporary flight restrictions, because those are going to be key to keeping our pilots, you know, flying in the right. Um, and I think, um, let's see, what else? 
you know, a couple other ones like definition of a nautical mile. These are some of the ones I'm coming up. Um, RF. Uh, I'm just well, reading through the guidelines UAS, here. What about UAS. like hams and, or do we not want to go down that road? I think for right now, let's just focus on FAA stuff because that's the hot topic right now. Um, right, but I mean, it is going to be, it is going to, especially from a, a legal perspective. I mean, that's kind of an elephant, the, the no, whole ham. I thing. consider it a concern of FPV pilots. So yep. if it's a concern of FPV pilots, then it needs to be included in it. In it okay. be. But we, and we have some guys, like I have some, some ham resources and stuff, and we have a lot of them. So we'll get into that, but it, like the FAA coming down on us has been the biggest subject, like he says. Right. Um, one one of the things re regarding safety and staying within, flying within the regulations that has concerned me a little bit, and most of our flight controllers can't grasp what our altitude is. Um, you know, are we going to be following the 400 foot ceiling of AGL from the point of origin or, you know, and, and how do, how does pilots know that without the use of like a barometer or some type of altimeter, uh, in their telemetry? I mean, that, if you, I guess the, the, the gist of that one is, it's going to be, you know, if you, I guess the advice that I would give to any member of the coalition or any FPV pilot that is, you know, to if if you're going to be flying at those heights, then you need to take proper precautions to know what your altitude is. Um, I mean, like I have a Radix that's got a barometer built into it, but um, you know, that's the only flight controller I have that tells me what height I'm at. You know, but it's built onto the quad that I'm most likely to take to those levels. Right. I, I, I mean, uh, my concern was flying over some sort of ravine or canyon or, you know, out where you're in a uh, out in nature and you're more apt to have radical elevation changes, you know, and what the law is going to consist of and what you're going to have to abide by. It's going to get sticky out there. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of window. You're right. If you're taking off on a cliff or something. You could you could do it quick, but it's like yeah, it's, it's like, like I mean, it's, you got to use common sense, you know. So why, I'm going why up to the Grand Canyon. Fly down the cliff anyway. I mean, I'm going I'm going think. up to the Grand Canyon in two weeks, you know. And if I took off at the ledge, I'd instantly be a mile high. Like well, you also couldn't fly there anywhere no. near anywhere. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just it's, it's an totally... example, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to get a headline, dude. Yeah. Well. Not that I'm in danger of doing it. I'm just using it as an example. I saw. You know what's funny is I saw FPV flights over Shiprock recently, and I've been eyeing Shiprock for over ten years as a climbing destination, and not doing it because the Indians in the area, like, don't want you to. So like, I'm like, okay, cool. I won't go climb it. And then here's these FPV guys out there just like diving the thing. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I I was I mean, I'm going all over northern Arizona um in a couple of weeks and like I wanted to go fly at Monument Valley and I pulled it up and it's like tribal land. Nope. Can't fly yeah, there. Don't bother. <laughs> don't even bother. No, I mean, 
there's anything I'm going to do, it's, you know, respect that. But, you know, it's just, it's frustrating sometimes because you've got all these amazing places and it's just like, nope. All right, so where are we at on this thing? All right, we so got a bunch of items. Shorten anything that's on here into like one or two sentences. Okay. So imagine well, can... we're talking to third graders that are like FPV pilots and just want to fly. Can do. I mean, that's what we did for the FAQ, and I think that turned out really well. So. Let's see. I mean, visual line of sight, we can kind of break that down. Um, I wanted to touch on the safety guidelines tonight. Did we need to go over anything from the last time? Or is there anything that we can bring up now that anybody slept on, on the safety guidelines? Um, I pulled them up. Let me post the link real quick. I know there's somebody else in them, but okay. copy link. Um, there's quite a few, there's quite a few notes in here that need to go over. Um, I know G36, you put a couple notes in here today, um, for us to kind of break down. Um, Yes, yes, please. Let's, let's, um, rid this document of notes. That would be a good place to start. We have some old notes on here that were going on a long time ago, I think. Is this the original document? Yes, this is the original document, but we resolved all the notes when we covered it um, the first time. But uh, um, we need to kind of resolve some of the newer ones. This is an ugly document, Josh. (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> it was one of the first ones created and it's had a bunch of people beat it to death. So of course it's going to be, so ugly. you're saying it's old and it's still <laughs> ugly. I'll work on it. Calm your tits. <laughs> no, I think this is an important document. I think that we, um, we have a lot of information here that we need to just boil down and get concise. Okay. So it's one short list so that people understand it. All right. I mean, we're so at that, we're at that point. If we want to go live with the website and the whole org all at the same time, we should have this at least in a let's call it a draft 1.0 state. Okay. So give me give me a day or so to get this cleaned up, and um, let's not even look at it right now. Let me clean it up and <laughs> calm yourself. It's dirty, huh? It is dirty. <laughs> But let me clean it up. Let me get some of the changes from the because we wrote this before the regulations dropped. I know. Uh, I know. So I, started, I I think this is my document. So if you need me to send it anywhere, do anything with it. No, it's already it's already in the uh, file. So, um, but uh, let me drop this in and get it cleaned up, and then we'll we can kind of look at it in a couple of days. Yeah, sorry about that. My document. I just noticed what the the notepad actually stands for. We should call ourselves yep. airmen. Air <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yep. That's such an We're old school pilot. <laughs> I, I see a t-shirt. 
<laughs> Holy cow. That's uh, funny. All right, so let's let's move away from that. Just move on. So yeah, so the basically we dropped back a week to take a look at the glossary. But truly what we were doing was defining the objects to be used in this document. So when we write this document or when you polish this document and you reference anything that you see as a thing, make sure that it's a thing on the glossary too, basically, right? Yeah, do we have a fail safe in the glossary? Nope. That's there's an important one. Point. Hey, yeah, there's a bullet out. point in the guide safety guidelines that talks about uh, fail safe. I would say I would say that's on par with OSD. It's right on that. It's right on that line there, Koji. Yep. Well, highest, I don't know. Highest level is that conceptual, you know, regaining control of something, you know, whatever. I would say we don't need necessarily OSD to fly, but we absolutely need to have failsafe. Correct. Well, no, failsafe is actually used by the regulations several times as an object within the regulations. So we should define it as well uh, in parallel with them uh, in, in our land. No, that's I saw failsafe listed several times when G36 was doing the interpretation. Yep. All right. Well, I'll get this cleaned up and then we can, I, I will key in terms from this over to the glossary and then G36 and I can get those defined and get that cleaned up and then they can just function in parallel. I mean, honestly, you could put the safety guidelines on the website and then drop the glossary right beneath it. That's exactly. <laughs> you read my mind, dude. So um okay all right so i'll clean this up yeah. and we'll wrap up the glossary what one are, are they like considering for like the glossary is uh are they should we consider safe operating distance as a thing yes correct yes we should we we've 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 already been talking about that one for months actually. oh okay <laughs> it should be called out. sorry i i think i missed that no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. Because it's the one that's been hashed out the most. FPV is, <laughs> oh, yeah, gotcha. That's the one that we dived into early because I knew it would be contentious. <laughs> and we don't even have it here. Wow. So, all right. So, um, anything else we need to cover, Sean? Uh, other than we're waiting on Chad to come back from his convention to see what happens. Okay. <laughs> So um, I know last last week uh, we had gotten the lawyer signed on. I knew I know the next step is to actually form the 501c3. Um, and uh, I mean, you've probably talked to Sean or to Chad more than I have, but in terms of where we are, um, I think we're in a good spot. And I mean, five zero has gone leaps and bounds on the website, so uh, it's just kind of putting the final touches on getting a couple documents updated and i think so we should be the one thing is with those slides on the front of it he should do i think what is it like the same thing over and over again right now just the mission statement we should do by the time you know when we have this already we should have one is the mission statement whatever 
one is the FAQ, one is, you know, the safety guidelines, one is something, one is something, you know, like, let's have, like, our goal to be, like, five major announcements when we hit that live. Um, you know yeah, we mean? can definitely so, have different work with every slideshow up there. Okay, I get you, I get you. So, we'd probably just have to edit those into the pictures themselves, right? Yeah, in that slideshow, each picture you can add different words and i just put the same words on all of them okay cool fantastic but each one can be different so like kind of we can have five major different things go across can you create different links to different areas from those pictures yeah yeah i think we could do that that would be interesting as an addition to the menu that's already there um so if something scrolled up, then boom, it'll take you to that section. So like the mission statement would talk about our story. Like if you clicked on that one, you know, FAQs, I mean, the rest of it's kind of obvious, but um, yeah, I think that would be a good deal. Yeah. So Sean, did you want to say anything else about uh, why we're not live with the website yet or what we're kind of waiting for still or what Chad might be thinking? No, I just think that we should just do it all at once. I mean, when we when we go official and we're allowed to solicit funds and resources and and do it all at once, we we still got to go through those apps and and drill uh, chat on on other resources that we may have human resources. So it, I think that human resources and also physical resources, which would be time and money, kind of go hand in hand. And we don't want to like kind of blow our load too early. We want to spend it all at once. So if we can form the coalition at the same exact time that we actually announce it, that would be in line with our uh, value of integrity. So just as a kind of to-do list in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, website, 501c3, um, donations, ability to accept donations, ability for a membership base, you know, what that looks like. So, you know, one of the biggest questions on my mind right now is, you know, considering what the FPV coalition is and considering what our goal is, you know, of the people here in the chat, what would be acceptable as a membership and what would you want to see out of that? Yeah, you started talking about the services that we may provide. But... Yeah, not only that, but what's the what's the value to you? You know, I mean, what, you know, if, if there were a membership fee, what would be the value to you? And what would you want to see returned for that value? That sounds like a good question for the Facebook group or something. Any thoughts from anyone here? Uh, to, to me, I think a, a good value would be, uh, you know, getting everyone up to speed on what's going, what it's going to take to pass uh, your test to be certified to fly recreational FPV. There you go. Okay, so yeah, education. The education part of it. And as a CBO, we might be able to administer the test or create it as well. Right. I mean, I, I'm concerned with that. You know, my daughter, I, I posted it up in there, and she, she's been flying the simulator since age seven. Now she's eight going on nine, and she's flying full manual acro FPV with a multi-rate. And mm -hmm. for her to have that taken away from her, it, it just kind of stinks. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, if we can 
on that kind of topic, can we create the same version of the test or, or different versions of the test for different age groups? I just got an item for you. Uh, for this <laughs> like a junior um, membership. A safe FPV lo um, flight location. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I mean, kind of like, an, like an AMA field or whatever, but, you know, FPVFC. All right, so um, we can definitely post that up in Facebook, um, see what people think of the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, probably looking for education. Uh, if we can administer the test and create one, that would be awesome. And the other would be insurance, like an AMA benefit currently has. Yeah. Yeah, one absolutely. Thing, um, for for new potential members or even just people that don't want to take the time to look, it'd be nice if the website just had a page that said, here are all the links, Here, here's everything you need to do according to the regulations. So you need to have a link to the registration and so on and so forth. We've got that. Oh, you do five, already? Yep, 5-0 okay. is on top of that. Oh, all right, never mind. <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen it, so I don't, I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, another thing could, could be helpful to uh, new new people is some sort of build advice some some sort of hotline or connection to to, okay. to experts that could help you with your build and make sure you know you're doing things that are gonna uh, help you succeed in the future well maybe that's um maybe a membership gets or for a reduced amount or something i don't know could get you into the quad camp online discord for uh build build help or something that's something you'd have to bring up with kevin and chad but i mean yeah, yeah. there are a lot i know there's a you know bardwell's he hangs out there too i know there's a lot of uh build help type places but if we could kind of funnel people to those locations and even provide a discount yeah you know, networking that would be helpful yeah, networking with existing stuff is always always a great yep. thing. You know, not everybody knows where to go. Yeah, and then um, I would always love to see sponsored events. Okay. I'm just trying to gauge what people are thinking in terms of, you know, what they'd look for out of the coalition beyond just, you know, the the potential lobbying and and as an organization, as a CBO, what what can we do sure. to aid the community you know so insurance yeah that's i mean that's a huge one so all right i was just curious on that anybody else have anything not at the moment all right well i think we'll kind of wrap this up unless Anybody's got some last minute stuff. All right. Well, have a great night, guys. And I will see you in the chats. Later, everybody. Everybody. Sounds great. Good night. PV is awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> great. That's awesome. awesome. That's great. Good night, there. Good night, guys. TV is awesome.